Exegesis. Welcome to Countdown to Exegesis, your listen-along Steely Dan podventure. Each week, we meet, drink, and discuss a Steely Dan track, working our way through the Dan's entire back catalogue, song by painful song. The jeopardy is that I, Ollie Piper, love Steely Dan, and my co-host, Andrew Souter, Hello. pretends to hate them. Hi, Andrew. Hi. And Ben. Oh, hi. We have our first special guest. Wow. Um, Thanks. Ben is Mr. Ben David Jones, to give him his full title. Um, he, uh, he drew the wonderful Countdown to Exegesis caricature that you may have seen on our social media. Very talented man. And also, by a wonderful coincidence, a big Dan Stan as well. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, Yes, indeed, I am. So, Ben, I mean, why don't you just take us a bit through your life with Dan? My life with Dan? Uh, Well, I suppose it began when I was raiding my stepdad's record collection uh, and being exposed to Donald Fagan's solo stuff by my dad in the car in the 90s. Hmm. Um, so, I, the, yeah, the, 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 there's a best of. There's a Steely Dan best of. And it's, oh, it's gold. You, you, you know, when you have those best of compilations for when you're a kid of your dad's or, or whatever. And... You can you you can queue up each song in your head. You know them yeah, that yeah. well. It was a bit like that, and it had a, a hot chick on the front with shades. So um, obviously, I loved it from the get go. Hmm. I'm a fan. Um, so you have a you have a, a life of certain highlights through Steely Dan that you remember from childhood. Yeah. Well. I was thinking of my old school. Um, we're going into the future here. Andrew might not know about this song. Not so familiar. Not familiar. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I just think about, like, I, I had moments, I think even every time I've left an educational institution, I, I've probably had that in my headphones. Just fucking, you know, waltzing along the road, just in complete and utter ecstasy. Uh, oblivious to the fact that I have to join another institution mm. or that your friends are behind you shouting Ben I just wanted to say goodbye <laughs> just... friends weren't a problem for me <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, well I mean it's quite good then because we've got basically we have uh, the Uber Dan fan which is myself we have, we have Andrew which is the marooned sort of Crosby Stills Nash fanatic and then we have you who's somewhere in the middle yeah I'll taste them so, when I when I need to this this has all sent me on a mad Dan journey though I might I might be joining you in hardcore Dan Danery mm. soon Ollie well we do say uh please listen along at home if you uh if you so wish we do yeah. encourage you to if you're exploring the Dan to play along at home with Countdown to Exegesis and just let Andrew know that he's not alone in this. Well, can I say that, that <laughs> something has changed for me this week? So not to the extent that I am now a Dan fan, let alone a Dan stan, but 
something, some tectonic plate in my mind has shifted because, well, two things have happened. One is that I wrote a song about Donald Fagan, which I never foresaw for myself. <laughs> like that is that's never been. I mean, few people on the to do list. You're you're probably yeah. one of kind of, you know, it's probably about one in four yeah. million people who yeah. wrote a song about Donald Fagan. <laughs> yeah, so. and it's a sort of tender. It's quite a tender love song to Fagan, a man who I find repulsive. So it's it's confusing. You know, I'm all st- stirred up and and muddled. And then the other thing that happened is that yesterday, uh, I went round to my friend's garden for a lovely beer and we were listening to music and I put my liked songs on Spotify on shuffle and you were outed well fire in the hole came on which long-time listeners will remember I I said was a scam and was pretty rude about and because I'd had a couple of punk IPAs I was like air miming the piano part (laughs) (laughs) and singing along to it I then queued up change of the guard the topic of today's episode and said to Max, like, what do you, what do you think? You know, because it was a bit of a deep... He's a big Steely Dan fan. I was like, what do you mm. think? It's a bit of a deep cut. And he said, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's okay. And I said, yeah, yeah, but I think if you listen to it a few more times. Oh. So something is happening to me and, and it's <laughs> confusing and disorientating. But, I, you know, I don't know where I am anymore. I don't know who I am anymore. I'm ha- I'm happy. I'm happy that you're feeling so listless, and and um, because because as I've said time and time again, that yeah. is evidence that the the Dan is starting to sort of rewire and or lobotomize you. Yeah. Um. At least the musical centres of your brain. Um. I should ask. I should ask the golden question, really. Um. Which is, what are yous drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a little bit of Cuervo Gold. Ooh. It's not really. It's just Havana Club, Ooh. but with Cuervo Gold written on it. A little bit of a reference. Oh, really? Yeah. You see, Andrew, this is the this is the effort <laughs> that you expect. That we need to go to. <laughs> I used a pen, so you know, effort. Because I, knowing Ben, I wouldn't have been surprised if Ben joined this podcast, heard about the "What Are You Drinking?" inverted commas segment, and <laughs> um, and literally was like. Drinking, drinking a zombie from a cocoa shell. You know, <laughs> I couldn't find any Kishvasa in Asda. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like are these damn references? But I can yes. imagine. Yeah, yes. okay. I can imagine. I can imagine. You know, da- uh, David, David Ben Jones, Ben Ben David, David. Jones to to somehow pull that out of the bag, and yet every week we rock up and we're like. I'm drinking a. I'm drinking a, a, a different kind of beer. Yeah, it's different. What different kind of beer are you drinking today, Andrew? That is very presumptuous, but also very accurate. Um, I'm drinking is a. It, hob- is it brown? It's a brown bottle. It's a hobgoblin gold, four point five percent. Why are you putting your head in your hands? Could you not get anything good? Oh, I just. Guys. You know, episode one, I episode one, I pilloried you yeah. by calling you so. the platonic ideal of folk club, mm. and all you've done since is sit in your bubbly ailey bath, mm-hmm. <laughs> shedding I like hair. I like it and... in here. <laughs> Nobody minds the molting hair floating around in the in the bubbles. 
Well, Look. once a week, I have to share the bath with you. <laughs> <laughs> is this what you call? Is this like a bath share? Mm. Well, it's a it's a it's a metaphor, but barely. But metaphorically, I can feel your foot on my nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're rubbing up against the the golden locks. But it's exciting this week because we don't know whose foot is on whose nuts. Oh, yeah. Three man bath. Yeah, yeah. Like it. Um, in my defence, I was in a rush. I had to go to the the corner shop, uh, who have a very bad selection. Um, okay. And you know, sometimes it's the hobgoblin that calls. It's the hobgoblin. It's the best of the shit ones. Andrew, yeah. Andrew. <laughs> it's been three days, Andrew. <laughs> the hobgoblin. Um, Ollie, we should. Uh, I think just out of politeness, we should ask, what are you drinking? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's really not very exciting either. But at least it's not a. At least it's not a weird British ale. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's an Australia Dam. Oh, I which had. is a, an anagram of Steely Dan, I believe. Yeah, nearly enough. Um, mm. I was... Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> reason I'm late is that I was enjoying two prior Estrellas in the garden, because it's actually nice weather today. Yeah. Uh, and then you both got angry with me. So I'm here, and I'm having my last Estrella, and it's cold outside, and it's cold in here, and you're both cold, and I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but w- what about changing the guard? Ooh. <laughs> oh, maybe you I should mean, host Ben. Shitting hell. Just trying to bring like, it back, that, mate. Was, <laughs> that was some that was some incredible sigwang. Sigwang. Mm. Um yeah, there's there's not much to cover on drink. Should I should I talk song facts? Should I hit you with some facts? L- last week I had my worst song facts to date. Yeah. That was um, a poor show. <laughs> Yeah. Were there just um, no facts for that I, I, song? I've got no. Well, I thought there was no facts for this song, but then I I I, I dug a bit deeper, so I do mm. think it was partly my own doing, really. Um, I I I didn't look hard enough. I'm excited because I couldn't find <clears> any facts either. It's fucking boring. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one bit of juicy goss. Oh yeah. Go on. On the Dan scene, um, this is Fagan's least favorite song on this album. Mm-hmm. Okay. According to a 2013 Rolling Stone interview, um, good. He said, "Oh shit! I thought I'd actually save the quote." Oh yeah, he said they asked him what song was your least favorite, and he said, "Change of the Guard approaches a level of filler." Mm. Not that it was intended to be that way; it just sounds that way now. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you my um, opinion? I'm gonna do. Yeah, it. go for it. I'm gonna do oh, it. Well, I mean, is it is that within the format? Are you just gonna come out and tell this us this opinion what you think is about a the song? Fact. That's not okay. Oh, right, fine. <laughs> it's a song I fact. You fr- framed it correctly. Go on. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. This is my my opinion fact. I think they wrote it far earlier, and it was a filler. They were just looking for another album track, and it was lying around in their bag. It was from the hippie well... times. Mm. We'll talk. We'll talk that because I think you may be onto something. But you are a little premature. Do I need to sit on my comment, which sort of relates to that? Well, just yeah. Hold hold on. I have to sit on it like an egg. Put that little egg under your between your cheeks and just okay. All right. Okay. Just hold tight, mm. but not so tight that it breaks. <laughs> Thank you. 
also, would you like to know that this was covered by this being Change of the Guard was covered by the Danish band Passport in 1973 oh, and okay. released as a single mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, did um, it do well? I have no idea. They did become the much more successful Shubidua. Shubidua. So, Shubidua. So, yeah, Danish fans, let us know. Remember those Shubidua hits? Have you listened to the cover? I have. It's more or less exactly the same as mm. the Steely Dan number. Mm. So why they choose this particular song, spoiler alert, to cover, I have no idea, but they did. Hmm. Maybe there so, was a change of government in Denmark at the time. A change, a change of the God. <laughs> yeah. Government. Government. <laughs> this is not a fact directly related to this song, or, yeah, I mean, I guess it's tangentially related, but I was searching on YouTube, as I do, when I'm looking for anything to say. Um, and I discovered there's a British Steely Dan tribute band. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take bets on the name? Not really, Dan? No. Um, aluminium Phil? <laughs> <laughs> it would be aluminium-ish Phil, wouldn't it? Um, or oh, yeah, aluminium yeah. Phil. Uh, um, st- Steely Don't? No. No? Stanley D. Stanley, Stanley D. D. <laughs> nice. I quite that doesn't like give that. off Steely Dan whatsoever, I don't think. I, it's just I, like a I think northern it, bloke. Well, listen, I think they're charming. I watch some of their videos and <laughs> it's just some middle-aged men playing Steely Dan music with a smile. Yeah. That's so, us in 20 years. Whether you like smiles. it or not. Yeah. Are they like a straight-ahead tribute band or do they try and do do they try and reinterpret the songs in any way no i think they they're pretty straight ahead mm. um it's boring isn't I it i mean they don't like they don't like dress like <laughs> them or anything yeah it's it's not like it's not like people cosplaying as jeff skunk baxter mm. yeah but you know i mean it's not like they had looks in a massive way you just kind of maybe put flares on right well, yeah, around the mm. time of this album, and then it was all sort of it was all sort of drainpipe jeans and jazzy snarks. Mm. Yeah, well, there's a live version of "Do It Again" on YouTube from the Whistle Test, I think, and there's loads of comments of people basically saying, "Oh, it was such a great time because you didn't have to dress like a pop star; you could just, you know, like basically saying they look like shit, and that's a really, <laughs> yeah. a really good thing." Yeah, which I, I, you know, I think is fair enough. Um, but certainly they weren't style icons, were they? No, I mean, I, I was looking at, in the course of doing this image for you guys, this caricature, I was looking for iconic photos of the duo. Mm. And there aren't, there aren't really, uh, you know, there aren't really classic photos of them because they always look uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't Much think like they want any limelight whatsoever, really. Mm. Yeah. But they did wear shades and leather jackets and things, which suggests a certain rock performance. You know what I mean? Well, the whole thing about that YouTube yeah. video and people going, oh, you didn't have to look cool. Like, well, like they probably thought they did at the time. Yeah, that's also true. It's not true, like they yeah. were immune to image. They were wearing yeah. good clothes of the day. But just, I kind of think not like, like maybe the shades and the leather is more armour. Maybe like 
Mm. You know, stage fright, which which Fagan had. You know, if you're wearing shades, that's that's, that's some good armor against okay. it, isn't it. You've come in here being like, yeah, my dad had the, uh, my stepdad had the best of, and you're coming out with all these like deep Dan truisms. I told I told you I've gone down a Dan hole. It's your fault. Mm. I, I can't. I've, I've literally had Dan in a loop in my head playing at different volumes for the last week. <laughs> So thanks. Just multiple songs over over each other. Oh, not over each other. That would be like metal machine music. Yeah, mm. <laughs> or being on acid. But pure Dan. Uh, yeah, um, I can't stop. So I stopped you, Ben, um, from saying this was an early song because I thought I'd I thought I was planning to mention this later on, um, but I've li- I literally stopped you for for about five minutes. So apologies. That's okay. um, the note next to this song on the liner notes is "Remember this one from college." Mm. So oh, that's them being ben, cryptic as ever. But Ben, <laughs> do you think you've hit the fucking nail on the nail head? Oh, uh, you know what? I didn't even read the liner note, and I fucking read that. <laughs> so give me yeah. the Dan Award again. Spoiler alert: We're not into the we're not into the predefined music section. Um. So we are we are not colouring within the lines here, but this song does sound quite underdeveloped as far as as far as dance songs go. Not only that, it sounds optimistic. It's yes. not they don't hate hippies in this song. Yeah, well, it's really let's not weird. say anymore. Let's not say anymore. Okay, um, but mm-hmm. I think I think your I think your uh, I I would agree very much with your um, instinct there that mm. th- that this is possibly. And they, they may be hinting at that, so. I kind of assumed that David Palmer had a great future in rock music after this album, but yeah. he, he didn't really. No, he, went to, oh, he opened a, a salmon farm. No way. Did he? That is mm-hmm. so much better than Jeff Skunk Baxter becoming a missile defence expert. Mm-hmm. That's so much more savoury. Yeah, he he drowned in Roe, unfortunately, David Palmer. Did he? Is this sounds mm-hmm. like a joke? He did actually drown in Roe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He needed he a rowboat. Into... Yeah. Uh, Badoom. Don't don't speak ill of the dead, Ben. Uh, R.I.P. We've R. I. we've spoken mm. ill of the Becker enough yeah. times. Come on. Okay. Yeah, but Becker's um, a bit of a wanker, isn't he? Whereas Palmer seems like a just a. He seems Palmer seems like the kind of person who would be in a really good pub rock band. You know what I mean? He'd be like a local legend. Like he's not that good, but people sort of think he's sound. You know what I mean? Um, Whereas Becker David is pa- more like David Palmer's not dead, by the way. <laughs> Can I just say he's not yeah. dead? He's not dead. He's alive. He okay. didn't own a salmon farm. He didn't drive. He didn't drive. Oh, the salmon farm was it was a joke. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, I have, can you, I have can you call it a joke? It wasn't really a joke, was it? It was just a lie. Lie. Yeah. One day, these questions will be answered in a splendid exegesis. With that, we move on to The Vibe, the first of three segments where we discuss the song. The Vibe is a one or two sentence summary of just The Vibe. The vibe of the song, how it makes you feel, what it sounds like, um, or as as it was last week, a, a whole uh, scene from an imaginary melodrama 
in Andrew's case. Which is yeah, I went I went all around the Reekin doing a sort of little playlet uh, from the CSNY biopic. Um, but I've gone very concise today. So concise that, can I just get out of the way? Go for it. Four words. Pop goes the Fagan. <laughs> ben, what's your vibe? Oh, mine's going to be a bit more hairy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. A few more bristles. I've just got. I've got the word ironic with two question marks, like as if to say, how how could this, how could this not be ironic? You know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's hippy dippy, man. Yeah. Hippo dippo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where's all but, the yeah? Where's all the kind of hippy hating that we saw in? Uh, what did we see that in? Uh, only a fool. Only, only a fool, fool would say yeah. that. Yeah, it's well, like think... it's like this song is here for balance. You know. <laughs> yeah, like the BBC. They have yeah. To do both. Only a fool would say that, and uh, so my <laughs> change of the guard. So my vibe is this: a parallel universe, Elton John knocks out Change of the Guard in 10 minutes flat and leaves the tape in a filing cabinet somewhere. Through some accident of space-time, the tape materialises in Fagan's doom- dorm room at Bard. I almost said doom room, which is quite apt. I thought you were saying um, doom bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hearing ale. Yeah. <laughs> it materialises in Fagan's dorm room and the rest, as they say, is history. Mm. So you'll see there written evidence that I had thought the same thing as you there, Ben. I think I think this is a college day, uh, college day composition mm. back in those heady days with their weed parties and yeah, marijuana's ladies and in the in the common room playing poker mm. and sharing barbed remarks about hey uh, Vietnam. Dan's Dan's got a new song. Hey, come come and listen to Dan's new song. <laughs> Uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know how I don't Walt Walt no don't make come on Dad's got this great new song everyone listen don't make me go everyone. in there that room stinks <laughs> <laughs> can you just show it me out here yeah yeah Don put your shirt on <laughs> get in here we don't need a shirt for this we don't need shirts where we're going. I like this because it's like a, it's another instalment in Ollie's. I feel that he is workshopping ideas for a biopic of the early days of Steely Dan. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's like trying out dialogue, seeing how it lands. Yeah. Do you have the leather jacket? Do you put it on in front of the mirror, kind of thing? Well, I mean, since you drew me as Donald Fagan, I have felt a certain. Um, what do you call it when you those people who think that they're animals? Furries. <laughs> You're faggy. Yeah, Donald Donald Fagan is my persona, I think. <laughs> now. Mm. I've never felt less like Walter Becker since seeing that that caricature. I can't not see that you look like him now. I'm sorry, dude. Oh shit. Yeah. No, I mean that's fine. He's very he's got talent, hasn't he? Yeah. Let's move on to music, and let me say, it's all about the skunk. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jeff Skunk Baxter, 
the guitarist extraordinaire, now military weapons consultant. So how are you dealing now, Andrew, mm. with the news of Jeff Skunk Baxter's weaponship? Like you, you uh, his his new career. He 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 advises on missiles yeah. for the army, the American yeah. army, basically, and. That you you've been slowly digesting this, and you've kind of been through yeah. the stages of grief, yeah. anger. Yeah. I just want to just want to get a handle on where you are now. So, last episode, I I got quite angry about it. Uh, yeah, we'll see. How, I'm not sure how much of that we'll leave in yet, but um... mm. <laughs> the thing is that, as T.S. Eliot said, our beginnings never know our ends, and it, you know I don't want to. I don't want to suggest that uh, Jeff Skunk Baxter was a mad patriot weapon fanatic <laughs> on this solo, on this song. <laughs> Do you think he but, had an electric guitar that looked like an AK-47? I think it's almost inevitable. Mm. He at least know. has one now. Yeah, if not yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it makes me very sad that that's the direction he took compared to, say, David Palmer becoming a salmon farmer. Which is relatively innocent um, and untrue. Oh, that's why that was a joke because it rhymed. David Palmer, salmon farmer. One so, thing I, I didn't. Mean, well, you can I... say sorry. Go on, go on. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't get to the bottom of this. Yeah, how you, you're just sad right now. I'm just sad because, as I said last episode, in a very roundabout way, going all around the reekin. Basically, I think Jeff Skunk Baxter, in his present incarnation, he represents like the horns of our global dilemma like he is the reason that we're fucked you know what i mean like he sort of embodies our fuckedness mm. yeah but but andrew you have to understand that you feel betrayed that's why no no that's it, not what's happened you're, you're not even this angry with donald trump <laughs> you know talk, talk, talking of the of the kind of spread of trumpism and and the you know the yeah. dark clouds of of of, of fascism Mm-hmm. You're angry with Skunk because sanguine, he looked yeah. like a nice man with a handlebar moustache who played great guitar, and now yeah. you find out that his weapon-like precision is now being used for weapon-like precision. Yeah. However, however, when he was a guitarist in Steely Dan, mm. yeah, he did many great solos for his tenure. Yeah. <clears throat> and this solo on this song, I think, is certainly the high point of this song. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's probably Skunk's highlight on this album mm. because it's Elliot Randall on Reeling in the Years. Yeah, um, but also, well, yeah. I mean, not I wasn't even making a point of comparison. I just think Skunk really brings the goods here, mm. and he really knows it because to fucking bring it back to the weapon thing, he ends his solo. He ends his like blistering solo. With this like fucking jet engine string scrape, like yeah, it sounds it like it sounds there. like a missile going off. Like oh hmm. yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I've and got also this guitar stab he does thirty five seconds in. I wrote it down. Um, mm. The fuzzy guitar comes in. It's really hefty. Just... You know, mm. I'm yeah. just gonna break to listen to that because I because <laughs> I do want to. So yeah. we'll do you mean 35 seconds into the song? Yeah, 35 seconds in. And it actually right. started my appreciation of the song a little bit. Um, yeah. Because before that, I was like, yeah, da, da, like poppy. And then I put put it through my headphones. And um, 
And I noticed that and I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah. ooh hello. Okay, I'm cranking it up too. Junkie. Did you hear it? It's violent. It's violent. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to couch everything you say about his guitar style with like, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. He killed it there. <laughs> Bloody. <laughs> yeah, he judged the trajectory of that really well. <laughs> he really um, hurt innocent people with that. Yeah. Yeah. But that would please him. That's the sad thing about the skunk. Uh, mm. um, I'm back. I heard it. it yeah, yeah. It, it sounds. It sounds like it should be a, like a like a happy folky trill. Yeah. Mm. And it, and it. But then he just ramps up the fuzz. Maybe he was it's, annoyed at how hippieish it was, and he was well, like, we got to fuck this up a little bit. I, well, this is it. I, I think mm. like after skunk solo, the chorus comes in, and it feels like such a. Let down, it like the energy just disappears. Yeah, and I think you get the impression Skunk almost knows that, so he's kind of seeing this as as his slightly kind of beige canvas because this song is fairly beige, isn't it? And he's he's daubing it with all his you know effluent excrement. Mm. Yeah, what do you guys think about the bridge? What is the bridge? There's a bridge. Yeah. I really like it. It sounds a bit like a football chant led by <laughs> a boomer in a leather shot. jacket. Yeah, but I, I, that's the bit that's got stuck in my head. Yeah, really? I think essentially my my feeling about this is that it is a Motown song. Yeah, it's it's oh, an no, exercise it's... in doing a Motown song because. Mm. Like you know the bit where it's uh, if you're gonna get through the years, da, 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 that bit, yeah, that is basically dancing in the street, yeah, and it's also tears of a clown, mm. like <laughs> it's it, it's like a like an archetypal dancing Motown bridge, yeah, <laughs> dancing through the clown, yeah, <laughs> and and I feel like so what one thing that Ollie told me early on, which has helped me understand this album is that they were songwriters for hire you know they were writing songs for other artists Mm. uh, and they put it all in this book called the dino which was like their anthology of what they considered to be like slams and so it makes sense that like this is their motown song so they've done their they've done their latin jam tune do it again they've done their like soft rock banger ring in the years they've done you know what i mean they've done a yeah. protest song and and now they're doing like fun time party song yeah mm. and that is kind of the reason why spoiler i quite like this song is because of just the it's beige well i don't like beigeness but what i like is you the like beige. beige beer you like beige songs <laughs> and actually your wall and your shirt I'm kind of beige right now. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, only because everybody's saying beige. What I what I'm saying is that I like the beigeness combined with Donald Fagan's vocal because I'm slowly coming round to Fagan as a vocalist. Slowly and painfully. Mm. But I quite like the fact that it sounds like a Motown knockoff with a blistering guitar solo and then this quite world weary voice over the top. I think is an interesting sound yeah maybe um, maybe the irony is the fact that fagan is singing it even yeah exactly it's like he yeah he he ironizes it mm. with his mere presence yeah 
I think it's basically like because also like when we were talking about dirty work, I compared it to Elvis Costello because mm. it's like a very summery, sugary song with like bitter, <laughs> slightly incel type lyrics. And I feel there's something similar going on with this in that it is it, it is like dancing in the street or something, but the, the but but with this like gruff, cynical voice over the top. Okay, I, I take that, but your point about it being like a Motown song, like mm. what is so great about the Mo- those Motown songs? Often they're quite simple, mm. but they're just like they're just full of energy in every yeah. part. The bass is always doing something interesting. The drums are on fire. It's like, you know, that's that's where the joy is in a Motown yeah. song. You just you can't help but like feel that groove. This just like this just plods. It just umper umper umpers along. Doobity doo. Like, but I guess, but I guess, as somebody looking for for inroads into the world of Dan, well, it's the wrong road. Like, it's the wrong road. It's a cul-de-sac. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, okay, but I'm you know. Um, it's not that I've convinced myself to enjoy this song, but but you've been brainwashed. It has lodged itself. I've been. Bra- it, this is <laughs> Stockholm syndrome, essentially. I'm Stockholm. I'm identifying yes, with my yes, captor. Yes, I do Holly like Piper. it. I do like it. Hit me again. Hit me again. <laughs> <laughs> that one hurt less. I liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it is. I'm not suggesting that this is like on a par with the Motown chartbusters. If I was at a club and this came on, I would probably go and have a cigarette. Like, mm. I'm not suggesting this is a total slam dunk. All I'm saying is that, that for me, there's a nice tension between the kind of slightly insipid rock FM Motown ripoff vibes and Fagan's voice, which is beginning to work its way into my soul. His ham-fisted exegesis in last month's Vanity Fair made me cringe. Well, there was one thing I wanted to uh, okay, go on. mention, which is just, again, you two can, like, educate me. And we will. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, what is Steely Dan's relationship to pop music? So the the, the reason I ask this is because... I read, I was reading a uh, review of Can't Buy a Thrill and I came across this quote from your friend and mine, Walter Becker, where he said this. He said this in 1995. It was better to have our songs pass as pop songs and then have whatever else we wanted in them afterwards. So he's kind of suggesting that like the so- they would write a, tr- a trivial pop song that could pass as a pop song, but then in doing so they could they could stuff it with the real juice, the real goodness. Yeah, but well, where think... is the real goodness in this song? Like, lyrically? Well, this is it. So yeah. that, that it sounds like bullshit to me because yeah. I think this is a pastiche pop song. But I just mm. wonder whether, like, do you think they had a respect for pop music? Does, are well, any look, of the later stuff poppy? I think, what, I, think what you're, I think you're approaching it from a slightly wrong angle because you're saying that, like, oh, Steely Dan would, like, write insipid pop songs and then throw stuff in it. I think no, that's what Walter Becker's saying. I'm not saying that. Well, no, that's not exactly what he's saying. Um, he's saying that the songs pass as pop songs. So mm-hmm. what you have on this album is Steely Dan kind of trying pop songs and trying other stuff and 
the pop songs like this one don't quite work and the other stuff where it all gets a bit weird um like kings doesn't quite work mm. works better than this i think but it doesn't quite work that doesn't quite gel right and then what you have from this from album two onwards is dan coalescing those two things into a kind of beige source um and and it's there is <laughs> no out. distinction but I, I don't think it's the case of dan right deciding we're gonna write like pop songs that that are like basically surface level and then stuff them full of like weird lyrical illusions mm. i think they have i think they just found that blend very quickly okay. they found that blend from album two i think mm-hmm. um so you know to say it passes as a pop song it's not necessarily saying that they just they were just like okay well let's just you know write some crap <laughs> FM no, crap. no, no, but it's kind of it, it. It reads a bit like a retrospective defense of a shit song. Yeah, I mean this this quote doesn't doesn't. I don't think it refers directly to change the guard, but it's like, oh yeah, we were just writing these really clever, elusive songs that passed as pop songs. It's like, no, I think this is just a pop song. Yeah, and there's no shame in that. Yeah, there's but I'm sure he, I'm sure he didn't have. I'm sure he didn't have change of the guard in mind. If he's if he's talking about anything like that, he's talking about like Ricky Don't Lose That Number, which was a hit. Mm-hmm. The other thing okay. I'll say Asian, right, Asian about divorce. this song, going back to a previous point about it feeling like a college era song, is that the earnestness, right, as opposed to the more sophisticated, sophisticated irony that comes later, feels really like a seventeen-year-old has has had a hand in this, you know, mm. to me. I feel like that is a young person's game in a way. In that, like, you get young artists who are like very, very talented, and in their early days, they're basically imitating things or pastiching things, kind of as a cold exercise. So I can imagine Fagan and Becca writing this song just as like an etude in songwriting. It's experimentation. It's exactly yeah, and they're just like, oh yeah, we can do that, hmm. and then and then four years later, they come to write to record "Can't Buy a Thrill" and they. And they're to... like, none of our songs that we thought were like going to sound amazing work because yeah. they're all weird. Like, yeah. so let's let's pull out this college number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim, get the tambourine. You know, <laughs> skunk, bring your A game. Pip, yeah. get the flugelhorn. Just <laughs> <laughs> old Snooky on the flugelhorn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's my we hero. We just have um, <laughs> we just have Gary Katz pulling skunk aside, like. Like, I, I don't want to say this in front of in front of Becca and Fagan, but you're you're really gonna have to uh, pull it up a bit. You're gonna have to work. You're gonna have to work hard on this track. <laughs> you're gonna. It, it's a little how. It's a little uh, you know beige. Sorry, where, beige is Gary, where is Gary Katz from? <laughs> <laughs> we got. We gotta. You gotta look. Look. I'll I'll give it to you straight. I'll give it to you straight. Shooting. Okay. It's going. You gotta. <laughs> You gotta aim for this song right in the nuts. Yeah. You gotta get it in your scope and you gotta hit this song. <laughs> bonk. Bonk. Both nuts off. Here's some cocaine. You gotta you gotta castrate <laughs> this song. Yeah. Okay. That's what they call a dead end. Yeah. So, shall we talk lyrics? 
Mm. Yes. The liner notes agree with Ben. The, mm-hmm. They describe it as the sunstruck LA optimism of Change of the Guard. Right. Which is interesting. Yeah. Sorry, who, who, who wrote these liner notes? Well, I don't know. They're unsigned. Oh, no, they're signed by Dan Steele, which uh, is okay. an obvious <laughs> fake name. So, uh, okay. Who, who knows? Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the Ben said it's optimistic. Dan Steele has said it's optimistic. Mm-hmm. I Last week, I unsuccessfully argued that Brooklyn was a sort of hopeful song. And you were like, no, it can't be hopeful because Bob Dylan was never hopeful. And Becker and Fagan desperately want to be Bob Dylan. I mean, I, you're, I think, that's a very broad brush uh, but, summary of what I was saying. Okay, but in any but, case, yeah. you, you will have the right to, to 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 voice your argument again if you so wish. But I <laughs> think I think here we are also seeing an undeniably optimistic side to Becker and Fagan, and you hinted again that you think mm. that there are cracks in the smile. Well, it's been a few episodes since I mentioned Randy Newman. Mr. Randy Newman. Randy! Your friend of mine. Your friend and mine, Randy Newman. Mainly my friend. Um, He's my little imaginary friend who gets me through the nights and the days. I feel that there are a couple of phrases in this song which are like not obviously cynical, but which are cynical enough that they can counteract the sunstruck optimism please do share Mm. so first verse if you listen you can hear it it's the laughter in the street it's the motion in the music and the fire beneath your feet so we're painting a martha and the vandellas picture of national celebration and uh some sort of fiesta where everyone's dancing and laughing and it's revolution are coming yeah it's kind of like a weird mixture of hedonistic dancing and fucking and whatever and then on the other hand um like the paris protests you know yeah, like mardi gras just, like meets yeah. the french revolution things they are on, on rage exactly in a vague way that we yeah. don't fully comprehend right but the fire beneath your feet coming two songs after fire in the hole i'm not suggesting that it, it i'm not suggesting that these lyrics are interlinked and this is a callback, but at the same time, just to talk about the fire beneath your feet, it is slightly hellish sounding <laughs> compared to compared to the motion in the music and the laughter in the street. And then the other thing is that the bridge bit or the pre-chorus begins All the signs are right this time. Which I think is Randy Newman-esque, because it's like all the signs are right this time. Oh. As in you've been fooled before. You know, you think this is the big social upheaval, but you thought that back in the roaring 20s or whatever, whenever the last social upheaval was, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't think that it is a... I don't think that they're trying to, like, deflate the hippie ideal in this song, but I feel they're putting enough in that you can be like, that sounds like Fagan and Becker. Yeah, I think you might you might be onto something. And also the ni- next line is like... You don't have to try so very hard. It's like mm. giving an in for all the kind of yeah. weekend revolutionaries, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it won't take very much, you know, just a, a mini yeah, picket, yeah. you know? Yeah, my, my girlfriend's on the picket, so I'll just pop down and... Pop down. You know, 
Yeah, just pop, just pop down. <laughs> Make an appearance. Pop yeah. down for some milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I don't think this is uh, a only a fool would say that style zinger. Mm. I think it's a I think it's a vague countercultural times they are changing type pop song with little little sprinkles of of Fagan. Well, okay, I don't disagree necessarily. I would mm-hmm. just just as a little experiment imagine this has been sung by anyone else mm-hmm. and do would you still say the same thing that there's like that there that there's a little but do I don't we mean think it, don't we mean it like but that's not but it's kind of like what Ben was saying about how it's it's like Fagin's presence I potentially ironizes it it's like saying oh if this Randy Newman song <laughs> just to go back to him if this Randy Newman song was sung by um, Scylla Black, would it be obviously ironic? The it answer would be is, excellent. I'd no. love to hear that. <laughs> Me too. Well, I was thinking, like, I would love to hear Fagan does Motown. Like, wouldn't that be amazing if there was a, like, Fagan solo album that was all, like, um, you know, you really got a hold on me and stuff like yeah. that? Yeah. I would, anyone I would... who had a heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would listen. I would listen great to that. pleasure. Yeah, yeah, um, but but yeah, I think it's their song, isn't it? So to say in another singer's hands, would you think that is kind of yeah, I the guess point, so. isn't it? Like, I guess yeah. Um, now that would iron out the irony. Mm. So I mean, okay, yeah, I, I take that. I would uh, my take on this song was that this is basically two college kids because I've got it in my head. This is a college song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're basically saying, "Hey, Gramps, chill out, man. The world's changing." You just need to go with the flow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the songs that teenagers write when they're still feeling very optimistic. Yeah. And they haven't become the jaded burnouts yet mm. that they are later to so, become. To be new, to be more nuanced on that on the on the verse by verse basis. So, verse one. Uh, if you listen, you can hear it. It's the laughter in the street. It's the motion in the music and the fire beneath the feet. Of a sign to write this time, you don't have to try so very hard. Um, it's to me, basically, you're like, you know, stop trying so hard to fit in with what's hip. Just groove along. Be yourself. You know, the new... Uh, if you do that and you don't try hard, just, just, just relax. The new world that's coming will accept you. That's what it's saying mm-hmm. to me. Like, which is exactly something a, a kind of 16, 17 year old would say, right? Mm. And then, if anything to me feels a little bit abrasive, it's it's verse two, which is... All your cowboys and your neighbours, can you swallow up your pride? Take your guns off, if you're willing, and you know we're on your side. If you want to get through the years, it's high time you played your card. If you live in this world, you're feeling the change of the guard. So that verse, to me, if anything is kind of like, has got some spike to it, it's that. And it's kind of, so that verse is kind of saying to me, if you're a redneck, if you're a gunslinger, you know, you're basically, you you know, you're old news. And if you want to survive in this like age of Aquarius that we're experiencing, man, peace signs, um, Mm. you need to like swallow your pride, drop your guns, eat rye bread, join the (laughs) yoga circle. Yeah. And we all we all know how that panned out. That's, well, it panned so, out with fucking Jeff Skunk Baxter hanging out with Ronald Reagan, didn't it? 
That's well, the through yeah. line. I'm sorry to obsess about this, but it's it's really ruined no, my it's, life. It's good. Your little, your little obsessions add spice to the stew. <laughs> <laughs> well, so far it's basically Jeff Scott Baxter's later career and Randy Newman. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. And Doombar. That's like Doom the. Bar. Yeah, that's the troika. Oh. Okay, look. Do we have uh, do we have a consensus? Because we we're a triangle of of opinion for this episode. Mm-hmm. So. Where does where does the needle swing on this tripronged pendulum? And it, it, are we talking about a straight up seventeen year old Becker and Fagin, flowers in their hair, optimistic song, or is this a cake with a side of snark, as Andrew just, as Andrew has painted it? It's an album track, <laughs> and maybe that says it all. Maybe I hate this song. Maybe I'd be happy to never hear it again. <laughs> Uh, earlier today, you said that you enjoyed it at the bus stop. Yeah, because I put my headphones on and I've he- heard the fulsomeness mm. of the the production. Yeah, but is that enough? I'm not sure. I think well, this is, the yeah. cheese might be a bit much for me. Well, okay. Well, well, I think this is. I think we're more or less wrapped up on lyrics then. So let's move on to um, the the. Immortal scam or slam decision, uh, where me and Andrew and Ben this time will rate this song as a royal scam, meaning bad, or a royal slam, meaning most delectable. Um, okay, and as the as our esteemed guest, Benjamin, thank you. Would you like to go first in your rating of Change of the Guard? Okay, this feels heavy. Royal scam or royal slam? Mm. That's all we need. Scam. Royal scam, mm-hmm. and and why? Because I don't need it in my life. <laughs> you Fair can get dues. to fuck. This is a straight. This is a straight talking we need, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're far more to the point than we have been. Well, Sorry. look, I know I I can detect that you have more to say on this, Andrew. Um, so. Uh, and I don't mean that as a slight. This isn't this isn't bullying, Andrew. I just know that you you have a slightly new, more nuanced opinion of this song. Um, my, I will just come straight out. That's very flattering because yes. I I don't think I do. <laughs> okay, well, I I also think that this is a a royal scam. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, it does it does feel like filler. Um, there's much better stuff on this album and much better stuff to come. So yeah. Big thumbs down from me and Mr. Suter. I'll pull up a chair. It's a slam, baby. Oh, an outright slam. It's a, well, it's a slam in scam clothing. Like, I don't think it's amazing. It's not something that I'm going to listen to tomorrow, but I have listened to it every day for the past week and it has lodged itself in my frail little psyche. Hmm. And that's enough, surely, to make it a slam. Well, I would say that you could get the same effect by listening to Row, Row, Row Your Boat every day. No, no, I don't think so. Because with Row, Row, Row Your Boat, you don't have skunk, you know, carpet bombing the <laughs> studio with his with his sexy licks. You don't have the na-na-na-nas. You don't have that nice bit where the tambourine comes in. You don't have slight, like lyrics that are basically vacuous but there's a couple of little corners that make you think maybe something more's going on like for me that is enough to feast on for a few days 
And so I, I... It's only because we haven't forced a close reading out of Row, Row, Row Your Boat yet. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe that could be bonus content. But <laughs> all I'm saying is, like, it, 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 seem, it would seem uh, kind of um, remiss of me to have derived that much juice from the bone and then to say, oh, yeah, it's a scam. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what? It, it has it has it been heard of for someone to take back their scam and put in a slam you know well i did it i did it with do it again yeah mm. I, I, is that official me. now have, have, have we official have we officialized that i'm not sure we've officialized it but i would like to say right now that i think that compared to fucking midnight cruiser do it again is is a slam okay and ben it's gotta be um you you are free to change your mind. I'll just say, um, just just think of all the other great Dan that's out there, and, and do you, do you really want to side with 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 Slam here? I, yeah, just... but that's not. Yeah, but we we're not thinking about all the songs of once. We're focusing on one song at a time, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah, you're taking but... this song in its own merits. Yeah, know? but you you I know what you're like. You'll you'll grow to anything, and you'll you'll have a big <laughs> smile on your face. Ah, oh, that is true. That's that yeah. could be bullying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you bloody smiley bastard. <laughs> um, I mean, can I just say I'm I'm in a good mood today. Yes. So or this evening anyway, I'm in a good mood this evening. So my opinion, I'm very very swayable. If you ask me to like tomorrow morning when my alarm goes off, if you text me and say change the guard, slam or scam, I'll just be like. I won't even reply. I'll be so furious. <laughs> I'm going to schedule a text, <laughs> listeners, and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what. But right comes now, out. I'm having a nice time. I've had a mad goose and a hobgoblin gold. Um, you know, Ben has breathed new life into this tired old <laughs> horse of a podcast <laughs> on episode nine, and I'm loving everything about this song. But everything, no. No, no. Got on record saying everything. <laughs> yeah. um, look, I'm not. I'm never going to listen to this song again. Yeah, because it's playing again in your head for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah, because it's a soundtrack to my every waking hope, fear, and dream. No, it. I don't think it's a great song, but I just think taken on its own terms, as something that I've listened to in order to talk about a podcast, it has given me enough fibre. For a shapely shit. And Ben, are you gonna? Call yeah, you're gonna rescind. Is there a middle option? No. Is well, there a no, shabam? To be fair, we have said we have. I have given soft slams before. Mm. And um, <laughs> <laughs> is that a uh, position? There's also uh, a, a slam, but not for Dan. Was oh, something I yeah. proposed earlier. So, like, it's a good song, but not by what? 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 Whoa, 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 whoa! No, this hasn't come out. This hasn't been on air. What? What's this slam, but not for Dan? Uh, yeah, as I said earlier on Facebook Messenger. Well, you can't just you can't just pile this on our listeners like they're privy to our private conversations. And also, this hasn't been Should agreed be? as a this hasn't been agreed as a category. Uh, no, but dude, I'll just leave my it. scam on the table. I reckon I don't need to listen to this anymore. This song, I mean, mm. not this conversation. <laughs> so, can I ask you two, Dan Stans, like, what is the equivalent of this song on later albums? Mm. So, like, Ben, mm. I know you love Katie Lied. 
So what is the song on Katie Lied that is the, the change of the guard? No, I'm a pretzel logic. Um, oh, you're sorry, pretzel logic. Right. I, well, I was going to say, I think if there's an album which has filler to this degree, it's probably pretzel logic, which is probably going to make Ben reach through my screen mm. and no, strangulate No, me. Easton Lewis Toodaloo on pretzel logic. Um, why does that need to be there? That yeah mm. okay I mean it's cheating a little bit because it's a it's an instrumental, but yeah it's it, it is it's it's pleasant filler. Uh, okay. Change of the guard is uh, just unpleasant about pleasant filler, filler. <laughs> like old crab paste. Yeah. Mm. The thing is though, if I went downstairs right now, open my cupboard, and at the back there was some old crab paste, I would slather it all over some bread. Okay. So this is your last night alive. (laughs) (laughs) Feels like it's a cry for help. Imagine. Do do you ever have that thought when you're doing something and you think, "If I died right now, it would be quite tragic." Yeah. Like, how would you feel right now if you, if if your last memory was talking about (laughs) change of the guard (laughs) on Zoom during a global health crisis? I've lost all kind of gauge of what's good anymore. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Yeah, which is why, and I, and me too, which is why I've claimed that this song is a royal slam. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scam. I, I'll keep my scam out there. Mm. Uh, stick to my guns here. So, thank you for listening to episode 9 of Countdown to Exegesis. Um, We are nearly through. Can't buy a thrill. Just one song to go. And we reach the end of this album and the end of this series. Thank you for Mm -hmm. listening, if you've been listening along at home. And thank you very much, Ben, for joining us. Our first ever studio guest. Yeah. How was it for you? Thank you, Ben. It's thrilling. And I could Great. buy this thrill. Ben, uh, where can our listeners find out about you and your work as an amazing caricaturist? Well, good sir, they could find it on the internet uh, by typing in Pen Jones Cartoons. Um, and I'm on penjonescartoons.co.uk and penjonescartoons on Instagram and various other things. And any social media you could pull out your bag I'm there I think you're even on TikTok aren't you I'm on TikTok now <laughs> I'm an elder millennial on TikTok hello both um, it's Ben here um, star of this latest episode of um, of the podcast um uh i hate to break it to you all uh but i i i may have swung back to a royal slam with this song uh it's wormed its way into my head i'm riding the train and i i hate well i mean i flipped and i flopped but here i am i'm back i'm back on a slam and um please take my brain out burn it and um never let me hear that song again thank you i love it